Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey everybody, welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast. With me as always, my co-host Matt Kritzberg. How you doing, buddy? Baseball is back. Baseball is back. <laughs> Even though the games aren't real, baseball is back. Yay, fake games. <laughs> Still better than no games. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's been uh, a little over a month since the last time we uh, checked in with y'all. Um, and uh, other than the start of spring training, there really hasn't been a whole lot going on with the Braves. That they, they come into camp with, uh, honestly, I can't remember the last time that they had so many roster spots pretty much settled. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of competition out there, and we haven't heard of it. I mean, there's been no significant injuries. Usually by now we've heard of something. It's like, oh, so-and-so is going to be out. I mean, we'll get later into later with about one injury in particular, but nothing major. And really the only spots they have to decide on on the roster are a couple of backup spots and fifth starter and the bullpen. Uh, since there's a couple of candidates like uh, Ken Giles, for instance, um, had a very impressive appearance today and could be possibly putting himself into the mix for that last uh, bullpen spot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it really had the slider working, struck out, what was it, Bryce Harper and uh, Nick Castellanos and uh, Alec Baum, right? One, yeah. two, three, struck out the side today. So, yeah, a nice uh, debut for a guy who didn't pitch at all last year. Yeah, and I think in his case, I mean, if he's just healthy, much like Chris Sale, that there could very well be a spot out there which would uh, definitely shake up the bullpen and who would be in it, um, which would also affect Gwinnett at the start of the season. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So um, the Braves have a lot of starters in camp right now, um, but um, really, you know, if everybody – in spring healthy. And that's obviously a big if it's, it's unusual when that happens, but if that were to happen, four spots are called for, right? It's going to be in some order, Strider, Freed, Sale, and Morton. But um, after that, you, you figure Bryce Elder and uh, Ronaldo Lopez are going to battle for that fifth starter spot. Is there any dark horse do you think that could get in that action? No, I think there would have to be injuries for one of the other candidates to pop up there. Um, let's say if one of the, the guys who've had arm issues in the past had an injury come down, I think that's the only way you get in there. I think it's really down to Lopez and Elder, and I think that's really going to be based off of how does Lopez look as a starter. If he looks good, he's going to get that spot. Uh, Elder's got options. They could always move him to Gwinnett and not just because if he wouldn't make the opening day roster doesn't mean he would not get starts this season. I mean, he, he's going to be probably the first guy up uh, whenever when the, uh, say the uh, likes of Chris L needs extra rest or Charlie Morton. Uh, you're going to see a lot of Bryce Elder regardless. Yeah. Um, and if there is an injury, obviously the, um, the other candidates, AJ Smith Shaver, who made his spring debut today, uh, Alan Winans, who I don't think we've seen yet, uh, Darius Vines, uh, Dylan Dodd, who I think starts in split squad action tomorrow. 
Right. And then, and then uh, Hurston Waldrip, who I don't think we've seen yet is, you know, uh, obviously has not made his major league debut. I think you'd have to consider him a, a, a very, very unlikely candidate at this point, but you never know. And then as a non-roster invitee, just because he has major league experience, uh, Taylor Widener is in camp. Uh, I think he has pretty much zero shot, but uh, he's there as well. And then what uh, What kind of role does Waskar Enoa have? I mean, yeah, I, sorry, I, I should have mentioned him too. I, I, I just skipped him over on my little list here. So yeah, Waskar <laughs> Enoa, um, it, it would be a candidate as well. Have not seen him yet uh, either. So really not, it, it's early in camp. A lot of these guys are, are still... Uh, you know, still haven't made their uh, spring debuts yet, but uh, you know they'll they'll start out over time here. But uh, yeah, I think right now it's it's just Lopez or Elder. I think I think the decision is going to be between those two. And and like you say, um, regardless who gets it, I think they'll. I think uh, for, for example, if Lopez gets it, you're right. Uh, Elder will still get plenty of starts. Yeah, and if one of the other starters gets hurt, then likely Lopez and Elder make the rotation. I mean, Lopez has had one start. He looked okay. I think he pitched back. What basically I think against the Orioles, he pitched two relatively clean inning, except for a solo home run. I think was the only blip on the radar for that, uh, two inning stretch, but I mean, it looked okay. We'll just see what happens when he gets stretched out and the Giles, uh, appearance and if he makes the, the, the bullpen that tightens things up even further let's say if Lopez doesn't look good as a starter and they push him to the bullpen <laughs> that bullpen's getting very crowded in a hurry yeah as it is right now six of the eight spots are spoken for uh with Iglesias mentor Jimenez Johnson Matzik bummer again uh, assuming health for everybody uh, if Lopez takes one of those spots, then yeah, you're right. There's only one spot left over for Ken Giles or Daisbel Hernandez or Jackson Stevens or who knows Tyler Matzik. Okay, I think, did, you, uh, did, did you put did him in I the say Matzik? I, I put him in the six. <laughs> okay. Uh, Iglesias, Mentor, Jimenez, Johnson, Matzik, Bummer is is oh, the okay. six. There we go. Yeah. Um, you know, Ray Kerr could be in there. Um. You know, I guess Dylan Lee, um, but um, you know, all those guys are candidates. But if Lopez is in there, I think it gets, you know, really tight, really fast. Yeah, and I, 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 it's almost a guarantee that Dylan Lee and Ray Kerr are going to start off in Gwinnett, mainly because they have options and the others don't. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so let's talk about the Gwinnett rotation then, because um, <laughs> yeah, I think well, you know, it's kind of interesting because uh, you know all these guys that may not make it on the major league roster, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna form a super team and <laughs> uh, and uh, give uh, Gwinnett a real good chance of maybe um, getting off to a good start this year. Um, as it is right now, we have uh, AJ Smith-Shaver and probably Hurston Waldrip the one, two prospects in the organization leading off that rotation. Uh, got Darius Vines and Alan Winans, uh, pretty good, reliable arms. And then probably Wiscar Yanoa, if he's not tapped for the bullpen or the rotation, um, is probably in there at fifth starter, maybe. And then you have Dylan Dodd, too. I was wondering if maybe they start 
Waldrop back in double A and kind of challenge him to push his way up. But um, they have a lot of options there. Yeah, I mean, you got seven guys, and you could, there are ways to make it work. I mean, for one thing, there are six games in a week, and they could pitch uh, six different guys once a week and have that day off. And I mean, I, I think there's a non-zero chance that Waldrop starts at Mississippi uh, just because of his lack of pro experience. But I don't know if they're doing anything like last year where they had, were testing out a new baseball and for most of the, for the first half at Double A. And if that's the case, I don't see them moving Waldrop there to pitch with a completely different baseball. No, that's true. That said, I, I remember uh, them starting Max Freed in Mississippi in 2017, just to kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't know what, the, just <laughs> a numbers game, I guess. I, I think it, it confused everybody, but uh, he was in the majors before the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even if they do send Waldrop down there, I mean, he might not be down there for any length of time. I mean, with so many pitchers between the major league level and uh, uh, Gwinnett level, somebody's going to get hurt at some point down the line, even if they just need a couple of weeks off and that would create space right there. But I mean, that's depth is a good thing and the Braves seem to have plenty of it right now. And I'm, I'm just kind of uh, interested to see what Waskar, you know, his role is going to be. Are they looking at him as still being a starter or would they look at him as a power reliever? Yeah, um, good question. Hopefully, we'll get an answer to it, you know, within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about um, the non-roster invitees. Um, so the, the, that list obviously came out a few weeks before spring training started, uh, kind of uh, shortly after our last show. Um, I was a little bit surprised at the lack of prospects that were included in the non-roster invitee list. Now, there are obviously some some prospects, of course. Hurston Waldrip was invited. Uh, Nacho Alvarez was invited, which was very cool to see, and he's been getting a lot of, of uh, playing time here early on, and I think he's uh, impressed a lot of people. Uh, Luke Waddell, uh, not surprisingly, got an invite. And, uh, of course, Drake Baldwin as a catcher. You're, you're going to... Uh, you're more likely to get these invites as a catcher because they just need so many of them. And then I guess Tyler Tolve also got that uh, invite as a, uh, as a uh, catcher. Other than that, that's it. Those are all the prospects. Everybody else that, that was on the NRI list or minor league or even some major league veterans that are on minor league contracts. Um, we found out that probably my biggest question, uh, question mark was David McCabe. Why wasn't he invited? And we found out later that he in fact was injured. He had Tommy John surgery just a few weeks before spring training started, uh, which is of course a, a big disappointment and a uh, uh, tough break for Mississippi that uh, he was probably going to be their cleanup hitter this year. Um, he, I guess presumably he could maybe work his way back as a DH late in the season. But I think that would be, I think I would be surprised if that happened. Yeah. Um, if, if it happens, it's going to be late in the year, like at least in the second half, if not later. Yeah. But even beyond that, there were no other prospects that were on the NRI list. Um, some guys I thought might be on there. I thought we might see a few more, um, a few more arms like Spencer Schwellenbach was probably my, after McKay was my biggest surprise. Yeah, that was a bit, a uh, bit of a surprise there. Uh, 
I mean, he had a solid season last year, but I think they, they're possibly working on some things with him to get him ready for starting. I imagine he's going to be starting at Mississippi this year, and they just want to kind of start with a clean slate. Not, not, I mean, he's not going to make the rotation or the bullpen. So, uh, And there's so few, and you go around, you've got so many starting pitchers. I mean, between the MLB and the AAA rotation, you're probably looking at a dozen starters as it is. So there's just really not room for a whole lot of guys. I know uh, Owen Murphy pitched the other day uh, just as in a relief appearance. I guess that's probably just to get him a little taste of what's going on. I imagine he won't be there for long at all. Uh, They'll get him stretched out at the minor league camp, getting ready for his uh, upcoming season. But Yeah, I think for the case of Schwalenbach, it's kind of the same thing. Just there's just... Very few innings to go around as of right now. Yeah, and Murphy was just a fence jumper. You know, you're, we're, we're going to see guys like that, guys that have, you know, um, you know, pitched well or performed well in minor league camp. They like to reward those guys by getting them into a game every once in a while. So I assume that Murphy's been had pitched well, and uh, they were giving him an opportunity to pitch in front of the in front of the big league coaches there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more guys like that today. We saw, uh, Daniel Martinez with two innings. Um, uh, I saw Jorge Bautista was available, but did not pitch. So there's, there's guys that we'll see in, and it'll be nice to see them in the, uh, in these, uh, game situations, but they're not really candidates. I think they're just getting them a taste and go, going up against uh, big league, hitters is kind of a kind of a big deal kind of you can kind of take a measure of where you are uh and murphy murphy uh his appearance was uh uh very <laughs> interesting uh he you know obviously people talk about uh you know he um he did uh give up four runs on a on a grand slam but um you know what? He almost got out of that. Uh, it, in some ways, it reminded me a lot of his uh, early outings with uh, with um, Augusta last year, where he would uh, kind of get in and out of trouble, and sometimes it would work, and sometimes it wouldn't. But there, there were a few things in there that that still impressed you at uh, how he could. Uh, Maneuver through the lineup. He got a couple big league hitters out, and he was one pitch away from getting out of that mess. And he gave up the grand slam. So, um, I, no doubt, it's a learning experience that uh, he'll take with him. Yeah, and giving up a grand slam to Cabrian Hayes is not exactly the most embarrassing thing in the history of mankind. I mean, he's going to do that to a ball pitchers pretty much all every time. Yeah, but before that, he struck out uh, Brian Reynolds. So you know. It's it it was it, like I said it was an interesting outing for him so I'm looking forward to seeing him in Rome uh, this year I assume he starts starts back in Rome um, but we'll we'll see any any other NRIs um, you're expecting to be on the list and and didn't uh, wasn't on there no I mean I wouldn't have been shocked to see somebody like Jesse Franklin just because he's already in the upper minors but uh, you got they're having a Outfield competition as it is, uh, trying to get Forrest Wall and Jordan Luplo and Eli White. There's not going to be a lot of uh, possibilities to go around. Of course, you haven't really seen much of uh, JP Martinez either. Uh, I mean, I know he's on the 40 man, one counts at NRI, but I think they're trying to um, sort out who's going to be the uh, fourth and f- possibly fifth outfielders on the roster. So those are the guys who are going to get most of the uh, reps. Yeah, I think one of the problems is the skill set of all those guys are really similar. Yeah, a lot of lefties. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of lefty contact speed guys like uh, Wall, Martinez, uh, and Eli White are almost all that same same kind of player. Yeah, except Luplo is probably the only one that's really significantly different. And I would not be shocked if they're not done adding to that mix yet. I mean, there's going to be other teams releasing players at some point later in camp where if there's a guy that hits right-handed, Alex probably going to end up bringing somebody like that in to help uh, compete for a spot like that. Because, yeah, like like you're saying, there's too many lefties. I mean, a lot of guys with that same similar skill set, and you know, like basically what four of the same guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll almost certainly pick up another outfielder before the start of opening day. And I also wouldn't be 100% shocked if they traded from some of this uh, pitching depth to get a solid backup outfielder who's got lots of options and years remaining at minimal uh, salary. Let's say uh, Dylan Dodd or uh, Darius Vines might be somebody who could be uh, who could fetch somebody like that at a trade. Yeah, I mean, uh, Julio Turan just uh, got picked up by the Orioles, you know, who's already gotten two pitchers that they're counting on kind of uh, hurting. Um, so other teams are going to be like that too. I think I saw it, we're starting to see, in the, you see this every spring, right? Uh, guys start going down uh, with UCL problems and things like that. Uh, I, I think the the Mariners lost somebody, I think. And uh, yeah, so there's going to be demand for pitching. And, uh, you know, fourth outfielders is someone that are players that are seem to be imminently tradable. Yeah. Let's move on. One, one last thing we kind of wanted to talk about here. So MLB is doing uh, what they're calling a spring breakout in mid-March. And this is um, teams made up only of prospects uh, that will be competing against each other. Um, it looks like it's um, it's going to be a one-game playoff, and then, and then a couple teams will get to play a second game or something like that. But um, – the roster construction is going to be roughly based around the MLB pipeline uh, top 30 prospect lists, uh, which haven't been revealed yet. They, they released their top 100 overall prospects, but the team ones uh, should be out here within a few weeks. So um, I just want to talk to you about who do you think will be on this prospect team for the Braves and also, who would you put on it? Not not just who do you think will be on it, but who would you put on it if, if that differs? Yeah, uh, you know, you and, you and I came up with some independent type things. I'm like, I, what I did is I came up with a 26 man roster, 13 position mm-hmm. players, 13 um, uh, pitchers. The position players, it was a little difficult to come up with 13. 
Uh, I mean, I've got 13 here, but those last couple of spots now, Baseball America also came out with their list today, but they were putting players like Jose Perdomo on there. I didn't put anybody like that on there who literally has never set foot on a professional baseball field. I, I took players who were already in the organization and have played. So that, that affected my roster that I came out with. Um, some p- positions are at least got a little bit of depth. I mean, obviously, starting pitching is the deepest. I mean, you got a dozen guys you could have easily put in a, on a roster for something like this and a couple of relievers. But when it comes to like third base and first base, it got thin very quickly. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's start with the rotation then, because I think that's going to be a lot easier. Uh, when I say rotation, this is probably going to be like an exhibition game where everybody's or the futures game where everybody pitches like one inning. Right. And then you yeah. have a couple guys uh, in reserve. If, you know, if somebody gets shelled, they can bring somebody in. Uh, so, so who do you have in your pitching staff? Well, on the pitching staff, I only chose three relievers um, and the rest. I mean, at first I was looking as like, I'll have a five man rotation, but I figured for something like this, you can expand upon that. So I got 10 starters and three relievers. Like like I said, you mean guys going to be pitching an inning or two. So uh, the top four were very obvious. Uh, Waldrop, Smith, Shaver, Owen Murphy and Spencer Schwellenbach. And then after that, um, I kind of went down the list according to get the next tier. You got Giancarlo, Lara, uh, Luis de Avila. Tate Keeler, uh, Drew Hackenberg, Darius Vines, uh, Dylan Dodd, and uh, Alan Winans, which I think I actually, yeah, that, I picked too many there. But uh, those were the guys I have under consideration for my rotation. And probably, uh, I would say, Diavila would be the one to be knocked out to get that down to 10. Mm. Okay. Yeah, our, our, our list was very similar. And I did I did look at the last... MLB pipeline top 30 kind of obviously it has to be updated, but you know, I kind of, I know they're, they have their own quirks just like every prospect listed, but I know, I know they're a little bit higher on like Luis de Avia than, than maybe other, you know, other lists are. So yeah, he made my list as uh, my, my uh, pitching staff as well, but it's very similar to your Smith Shaver, Waldrip, Schwellenbach, Cade Kyler, uh, Owen Murphy, um, Darius Vines, Davia Hackenberg, uh, and Dylan Dodd. I went with Garrett Ballman. I'm not, did you have him? I did not. Yeah, okay. I, I went with Garrett Ballman uh, for that 10th spot instead of Alan Winans. And then three relievers. Um, I had Daisbel Hernandez, Hayden Harris, and Giancarlos Laura. I went with Daisbel Hernandez, Hayden Harris, and Brooks Wilson for my three relievers. Yeah, that's that's understandable, and and I think you had Laura as a starter, right? Or right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I just put him as a reliever. He he did both for Augusta last year. Uh, I expect he'll be in the Rome rotation to start the season, but you know, basically everybody's a, a reliever on this team except whoever starts. So so out of the thirteen pitchers, you and I are in agreement on what eleven, twelve of them. I mean, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's obvious who the top. Pitchers are in the organization and the drop off after that. You can kind of see that here. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, talk about the uh, position players. As you said, this was a much tougher go. I think there's exactly one. I take that back. There are two obvious selections here, and let's just knock them out. Uh, shortstop Nacho Alvarez. Yes. And catcher Drake Baldwin. Got it. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. And yeah, the catching position, it's Drake Baldwin, Tyler Tolve, and <laughs> what I don't know what's what there is after that. Yeah, it's um yeah, especially with uh, Javier Valdez maybe not catching anymore, so um yeah, after Tolve, it's it, it could be a lot of things. I think you know, they might have a a real prospect in the in the lower minors now, but you know, nobody that's kind of set themselves apart yet. Yeah. And uh shortstop, yeah, I do have Nacho there, but I did add a uh, couple of backups as well. Actually, I have one backup and uh Luke Waddell. Uh mm-hmm. Tavares I had under consideration, but I ended up not choosing him for my final thirteen position players. Yeah, this is one of those cases where it'll be I think it'll kind of depend on how MLB pipeline ranks these guys. They've been historically kind of down on Luke Waddell and up on Cal Conley. And if that maintains, then I, then Waddell might be on the bench and Connolly plays second base, but I would put Waddell at second base. Yeah. I, 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 that's one of the reasons I chose him as the backup is that he could play multiple spots. Yeah. And, and obviously Connolly could as well. He could play shorter second base, but you know, I think Waddell's the better prospect at this point. Yeah. Well, I think there's one other obvious position as well. Uh, that's third base. <laughs> It's, okay, and, and this would have been David McCabe, obviously, but but he's injured. So you right. have, I assume, Sabin Sabayas. Yes, and really, basically, no backup behind him. What I, who I chose for a backup, I chose uh, Rado, uh Quintero because I think he plays mm-hmm. second. He can play second and third, so I chose him as my backup for second and third base. Yeah, I have Quintero down as the DH right now, and. Um, and uh, Keyshawn Augins on the bench as have, a, as I, a multi-position backup. I have Augins as my starting second baseman. So. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I had Waddell as, as starting second baseman. Okay, either way, that all works. I mean, it's, yeah. they they're all they're all can interchange all those infield positions, which is something the Braves have really been trying to instill in these guys, um, especially since. Um, you know, let's face it, their, their major league future, if they have one, is probably as a utility player. So they're really trying to build in that utility for these guys. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, obviously with uh, Guillaume and Fletcher, these are not long-term solutions or even anything really beyond a year. So uh, if somebody like Luke Waddell plays well this year, he could very well find himself in the mix for, let's say, the 2025 squad. Sure. All right, let's talk about first base. Uh, this is kind of the position I had the toughest time with. I don't yeah, know about same you. Same here. Well, I, I kind of went. Uh, I already know I went a different route than you did. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's say. Who did you choose? Okay. Javier Valdez. Okay. Now I've really considered Javier Valdez, and I like Javier Valdez a lot. But I went with Cade Bennell. And I went with Cade Bennell mostly just he's gotten so much playing time uh, that I think he's obviously being looked at as a potential future utility player. And I think they just want to throw him in there. But I I would be delighted if Valdez got the nod. Yeah, because uh, Valdez, they kind of took him off the catcher position. We discussed this on episodes last season where they're, 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 they're converting him to a first baseman. Um, and. I imagine that's where he's going to be playing, get a lot of playing time for Gwinnett this coming season. Uh, I'd possibly looked at Ryan Castile as well, but uh, I mean, <laughs> it, 
But I mean, that's that's how thin the first base position is for the the Braves organization. Not that you need a lot of depth at first base. I mean, you got Matt Olson at the major league level, uh, but yeah, first base is awfully thin throughout the organization. I mean, you saw although you saw somebody like uh, Bryson Horn hit a home run today, but that was late in the game, and uh, he's not a, 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 a typical power bat for first base. I mean, he he has a little bit of pop, but not significant. And I'm sure he'll be playing at Mississippi this season. But yeah, it's it's a pretty thin group out there. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of ways they could go. None of the ways are particularly exciting. It could be Valdez. They could go with Bunnell. I actually thought about Ryan Castile as well. You know, it, it's is a 31 year old a prospect. You know, he's yeah. eligible, but I think you're just kind of stretching the. <laughs> yeah, he has to get really hard. Yeah, it, they could go. You know, the opposite way and, and just you know put somebody in there like uh, a Justin Janis, right? That. Uh, you know, probably probably would be um, overmatched in in a game like this, but you know, you know, probably, I guess maybe is their top first base prospect right now. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing about first base though. You can always move somebody to first base. You can't move yeah. somebody to short shortstop or third base. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so first base is we have Benell. You have uh, Valdez. Second base you have. Um, Who'd you have? Augins. I'm sorry. Augins. 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 And I had Waddell. Third base, we both had Sabeos. Shortstop, we both had Alvarez. Catcher, we both had Drake Baldwin. Let's talk about the outfield. Um, again, there's a lot of possibilities here. Um, who'd you have in uh, left field? Well, I just kind of chose as an overall group. Um, okay. And I wasn't sure how many. I ended up picking five outfielders. Okay. Um, I took um, I took Justin Dean for defense and speed. Uh, I chose Jesse Franklin, uh, Cody Milligan, Isaiah Drake, and Luis Guanipa. Uh, we are we are the same on four of the five. Uh, I took Douglas Glode instead of uh, just Justin Dean. Okay, and I do have I had I had two others under consideration. Glode was one, and Ethan Warkinger was the other. Right, and and I and I went with Glode just simply because he was on MLB Pipeline's top three thirty, and Dean was not. Um, if I was if I was making a a roster that that I wanted to win, actually win a game, I would def- definitely choose Dean over Glode. But I think this, this is supposed to be kind of like a prospect showcase. showcase. So, yeah, yeah, so. So that's why I went with that's why I went with Globe, but I could see them go with Dean as well. And then who'd you have as DH? Oh, I didn't have DH. I mean, I just figured we could take one of the existing players and throw him in the DH spot. But I mean, there's a Got it. lot of guys mm-hmm. there. Like yeah. uh, that, that's, that's I mean, we had trouble choosing the outfielders, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not some depth there because they have a lot of depth at the major league level who will end up playing at Gwinnett, whether it's the likes of Eli White or Jordan Luplo. Or uh, JP Martinez. I mean, there's going to be guys mm-hmm. playing in the outfield at Gwinnett, and the, that contributes to that depth as well. So it's it's not the thinnest part of the organization. It's not super deep, but I mean, there there's depth there. Yeah, yeah. I actually think the the, the uh, Gwinnett outfield is going to be a strength because um, a lot of these guys are going to, you know, Eli White, you know, was playing very well at Gwinnett before he got hurt. Um, you know. If uh, Jordan Leplo ends up there, maybe he'll stick around a little while longer this time than last time. And uh, 
it sounds like JP Martinez is going to be ticketed for Gwinnett as well. I think they're looking at him as a long-term replacement. Let's say if one of the existing outfielders goes out for any length of time, that Martinez would be the ongoing replacement. Right. I I thought Martinez and Wall might might uh, compete for that um, for that fifth outfielder spot. You know, that's kind of more of a more of a pitch runner type, um, but uh, it looks to me like Wall's probably going to get that. All things being equal, and be- and mostly because I think they they'll want Martinez playing every day, where maybe they they don't need to have that kind of consideration with uh, Forrest Wall. Yeah, I think they're going to send him down and just kind of have him work as long as they can on whatever adjustments they want him to make. Kind of the Orlando Arcia type method, just where like just come down here. We're going to teach you some things and get you some reps and let you learn on, learn how to do it down there rather than at the major league level, getting a couple of at-bats a week. Yeah. All right. And and for the record, uh, Baseball America, their lineup, and, and they said, and they say specifically, this isn't a prediction for what you think the roster is. I think they just said if you were going to take the best prospects and put them in a lineup, it would be this. And they have... Uh, Jose Perdomo at shortstop, Nacho Alvarez at second, uh, McCabe at first, uh, Drake Baldwin catching, Jesse Franklin left field, uh, Guanipa in right field, Isaiah Drake in center field, uh, Ceballos at third, and then Douglas Glode batting ninth and uh, DHing, and then the rotation of Smith Shaver, Waldrip, Murphy, and Schwellenbach. Yeah, I've looked at that after I made my list, and it's like, yeah, that, that, I mean, several of those were very, very obvious, especially the, the, the top four starters. Of course, it'd be a lot different if it weren't for injuries, like uh, McCabe, uh, J.R. Ritchie, players like that would have definitely squeezed their way onto the roster if that had been the case. Yeah, definitely. All right, anything else you want to talk about, Matt? No, I think we're off to a good start in spring training so far. We've got a, a month to go for to start seeing some real games, but I think it's going to be a, a fun camp. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of competition. Not going to be sweating out a whole lot here. Just uh, looking about the bottom three, four spots on the roster. Uh, really interested to see what happens with that fifth starter spot in the bullpen as well. Yep. And uh, for those who want to follow the. Um the roster battles such as they are, uh, as usual, we have our, uh, spring training player tracker on the outfieldflyrule.com. uh, in the, uh, top under the top banner, you can uh, click that and it gives you what we think are, uh, the opening days are odds are for all of the, uh, everybody on the 40 man roster and all the non roster invitees. So, um, for example, Austin Riley is a hundred percent on the tracker right now, Matt. Uh, remains to be seen, but yeah, we'll be cautiously we'll optimistic. I, I I'm so not worried about this team right now, and it <laughs> feels very weird. It does. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop because we talked about the injuries that we've seen on other teams. It's like just I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. It's like let's just go ahead and uh, head north. <laughs> I I you know it's been. Um, Gosh, it's been uh, it's been ten years now, but the memory of Chris Medlin and Brandon Beachy tearing their UCLs uh, in back to back games are still is still fresh in my mind. You know, I, I I can't I can't get that comfortable. This is the, this is the most this is the most relaxed I've been in spring training in a long time. But even then, that still that still hovers back there. 
Yeah, it's not even like as much as last season because in last spring it was the uh, Orlando Arcia, Braden Shoemake, Vaughn Grissom show at shortstop. Everybody was had their eyes on, and then it turned out very differently than most thought. <laughs> yes, yes. Last year we did not know who our starting shortstop was going to be, and that was that was kind of nerve wracking. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, good kudos to Arcia for not only taking it but holding on to it, and you know he, he it's his his job. Yep, until somebody says otherwise, <laughs> Nacho will get his day. Oh, it, it's it's got. I think they're 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 really pushing him hard. I think they're trying to. I mean, he'll start off at Mississippi, and I think I think he is very much in play to possibly get some time this season, if not in twenty twenty five. Yeah. All right. With that, we'll go ahead and uh, bring this to a close. Uh, Hope everyone has a great week and we'll see you all later. Have a good one. Chagrin, mes plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro. Peace.